Welcome, welcome, welcome. I am so excited. Oh my gosh. Best part of my day because today I have the most exceptional person with me, Lexi Miles Corin, owner, CEO, founder of 16 and growing Wax On Locations. She is the LMC brand and co-host of We Go There podcast. And let me tell you something, we are going to go there with her today. She even said to me, she goes, so you want to give me any idea of what we're talking about? And I said, no, actually not at all, because we're going to go there because you hear things like 16 locations and we kind of hear the end of it or when you've already done the stuff. But I want to know about the stuff that had to happen to do the stuff. Mm. And I know you've got some full circle moment stories for me that not many people know about. She kind of dropped that for me. And I think she's willing to share it here. Welcome to Possibilities with me, Hina Khan. I am the go-to peak performance mindset coach for CEOs, executives, and entrepreneurs. I help you create a life you love through ease, joy, and fun. Lexi, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to be here. So excited. And what an intro. Wow. This is such a treat. So I want to go back to a couple of years ago. Mm You're 24 years old. A couple. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Just a few years ago. It was like yesterday. You're 24 years old and you are certainly not an entrepreneur. What were you doing and what was the state of affairs at that time? So I was a management consultant. Um, I had just actually gone on my own to be a management consultant. And I focused in operations of businesses and helping just them to run more efficiently, effectively. And it was a sink or swim type business opportunity Mm -hmm. where I was thrown in and I had to figure it out, save companies money. And that was really how I got paid. And uh, state of affairs were, I put every dollar I had after I figured out this opportunity that I saw this blank space in the market. Um, In the States, there were wax bars opening up everywhere. I went to one. I just thought, this is such an amazing opportunity. I had this pull to it, like towards it, like I'd never had anything really in my life. I have zero experience in aesthetics whatsoever. Zero. Like other than the fact that I just loved, you know, beauty and stuff. Like I was just a girl. I was 24 years old. Um, But what I was really tired of was going to the nail salons where you're behind a shower curtain getting a wax And it was painful, it was cheap, which was nice, but it just wasn't that quality experience. And I knew there had to be something different. So you said that you felt this pull that you had never felt before. Mm -hmm. Can you describe it? It was just this constant almost ringing of every time I would go into the same place. It was in Arizona, funny Ah, enough, I know. We love Arizona. We love Arizona. Uh, It was in Arizona, and I just, every time I was in there, I was like, there's something here, there's something here. And then it would just stick with me until my next appointment. I couldn't stop thinking of it. I was putting business plans together around it. It was this, almost this passion about something that I really knew nothing about. But you're working at another company. Yeah, yeah, At that time, and what are your hours and things like at that company? They were busy. I mean, I was a management consultant, so I was required to 
prove out results. And I slowly started to kind of pull back from that business and put more time and effort and lean into this opportunity. But it really was my brother who I started looking into this U.S. franchise. And I thought, oh, maybe I could bring that to Canada. But I don't like the brand. I don't like what it stands for. I don't like the colors. I don't like a lot about it other than the concept. And we happened to be tailgating because <laughs> he went to a U.S. university. And I, he asked me, just turned to me and said, why don't you do it yourself? Okay, so he turns to you and says, why don't you do it yourself? Yeah. What happens when you hear that? I immediately was like, at first I thought of all the reasons why I couldn't do it myself, but none of them really made sense because the brand didn't have any presence in Canada. Like no one had ever heard of it. I didn't like a lot of things about it. And I said, well, I guess I could. I mean, yeah, why not? And then he said, I mean, you could call it, you know, wax on. No. Wax on, no. wax off. I did not know this. <laughs> Wait a minute. So your brother, what's his name? Oh, shoot. I can't share this story. He's going to ask for like royalties or yeah, something. Yeah, I don't even might, know if he remembers he this. What's your brother's name? Ty. Ty. Yeah. So Ty, the brother. The brother. Is responsible, you know, well, let's just say My eldest is. brother, your too. Your eldest mm -hmm. brother, mm -hmm. your brothers are responsible for mirroring to you the like well why don't you just do it and then the name and then the name the and name was the easiest name. part so i had the name right there he said wow. wax on wax off and i was like wax on that is a great name it's a great name okay so again you so because i am here for you the people because i know it's like now there's 16 locations but you're in that moment you're faced with this idea first of all you have a pull in you like you've never felt before. You're thinking about it. So when do you start to take it seriously? And 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 you're when do you go all in? Pretty much right then and there. Really? I went home and I started to put together the business plan. And like this is Googling how much a wax pot costs kind of business plan. And uh, just putting in the cost and seeing if it would work. And I'm not kidding. I came in between about 10% of my initial, what I thought I would make in my first location from that no! spreadsheet. I still have it. And I pretty much went all in. Like I just started to spend significant, significant amounts of time, pulled back from any consulting clients and was committed to doing this. But of course, as you know me and anyone who does, I was committed to doing it, but my goal was I was going to open this one location and then within five years have 100 franchise locations. Of course. That was my initial goal. Yeah, beautiful. <laughs> so when did you open your first location? I opened it in 2012, April 2012, so 11 years ago. Yeah. Tell me about that. It was the most exhilarating, exciting, and absolutely terrifying moment of my life. Yeah. But I never for one second questioned whether it was going to work. Interesting. I knew it was going to work. I, I absolutely just knew it in my soul and my being that it was going to be a success. The terrifying part were the judgments. And now I know from our work mm. together, it was judgments that I had around myself of what others might think of me, um, just going and doing this on my own. And now looking back, I recognize I didn't have the security that I I needed during that time and confidence that I could create this wealth for myself. I could create this life for myself. Um, I wasn't that person, mm -hmm. but I at least had 
this commitment to almost my gut and and just going with what I knew to be true, which was this was an amazing business opportunity. I knew I couldn't get it wrong. Like I really knew it was going to be mm-hmm. a successful. But I will never forget the first day right before we opened, I had this moment alone in the location and I just sat there and just took it all in and really, really was like, whoa, one, like, how did I do this? Yeah. And two, this is going to be an amazing wild ride. And I'm very proud of myself. Yeah. Yeah. There are people that are listening to this or watching and they may be in that place of the judgments Mm -hmm. of wanting to do something, but judging themselves for it. So what would you say to them now that you are beyond that? I can say without a shadow of a doubt that if you can move past those judgments, you will look back and you won't even recognize that person that had those judgments at that time. Like it is just to me, how did I even think that or, or even worry for a second what anyone else would think? In fact, it was the most amazing move I could ever have made. And I think though that if you're surrounding yourself in that judgment space, just try and check into like what is your real like gut soul telling you? And also, if you have this idea, like you say all mm-hmm. the time, like you can't get it wrong. Mm-hmm. You really can't. And whatever that journey is meant to kind of unfold for you will, and it's going to work for you. It is not going to work against you. And for you and your journey and how it unfolded, let's talk a little bit about raising money. Mm-hmm. When was that part of the process? And had you ever done that before? I hadn't. I hadn't ever done that. And I invested everything I'd made in consulting into this first business, so the Summerhill location. And then I kind of convinced the banks to provide me with the second uh, financing that I needed. I then went to raise money actually when I was probably like seven months pregnant with my first Piper yes. uh, and have an actual investor invest in it. And again, like for me, it comes back to gut. I really went against my gut in raising money then and the person that I chose to raise money alongside. Um, and it didn't work out. What do you mean you went against your gut? I knew it wasn't right. I mm. knew that this wasn't aligned with what I needed at the time the business needed. And I pushed through it because I thought that that's what we do as business owners. And that's what I should do because I'm growing a business. I need to raise money. And um, it turns out I didn't. I ended up buying him back. Mm -hmm. And I still now today own 100% of the business. And so what was it like raising money, being pregnant, seven months pregnant? Was there any... um, Were you raising money mainly from men? Were men the investors? I don't think I met with one woman, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Actually, I didn't realize that until you just asked. Yeah. What does that make you think of now that you realize that? It actually makes me a little emotional. It's sad. It's really sad. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What's coming up for you? Well, it's sad because while I was going through that process, there and I during that process, I actually had... Piper, my firstborn. And I was in the labor and delivery room on the phone with my lawyer. I'm not even kidding. Trying to close this deal. 
because I thought I needed to do that so I could enjoy some time with my firstborn and get it done. And fast forward two weeks postpartum, I sat in a room with six men, not one female around the room, with a two-week-old, my very firstborn, TMI, like my boobs are going to explode for, I think we were in for four and a half hours and trying to negotiate this deal. And I wasn't in the right headspace. All I wanted was to just get this signed and done. And I know that had there been a woman in that room or a female investor, it would have been a very different story. I felt like I needed to show up for a man and these men in the same way a man would instead of enjoying my very first baby's newborn life. Do you think that that experience is one of the reasons that you are so passionate about changing the experience for uh, female business, for female business owners, for females that need to access funding, um, for females that want to generate wealth? Absolutely. I did not have the confidence in my business at that point in time to be raising money. I actually was in no place to raise money at that time because if you're in a point where you can have an investor even interested in your business, you have got to be proud of yourself. You've created an amazing thing. And I didn't have the confidence. I didn't have a sense of security that I could build for myself. Like I could create my own wealth. I didn't need someone else. And that's honestly like my purpose today through both Wax On, through We Go There, through everything that I stand for is to help women step into their confidence, help them to build independence and wealth and security for themselves Mm -hmm. and wealth being abundance in every single way. And I can remember the moment and it was it was before this investor experience, but I remember the moment where this all came together for me and it created really the groundwork and foundation of the life I have today. And I was in a spin class and a lot of people would look at me and they think that I've always been tremendously confident and had this independence about me, but it's not true. Like I really relied on someone else needing to provide me with security, whether that was me in back-to-back relationships, for example, Mm -hmm. just things that really, I couldn't be independent on my own, even though I had my own business and one might look at me as otherwise. And I'll never forget, I was in the spin class and I'd been working a lot on myself. I didn't have you, unfortunately, (laughs) in my life or I would have already been there, but I was working on myself a lot And all of a sudden, I got this wash over me. And it was honestly like a blanket. And I was just, when I work out, it's like my zone. It's just, I get my best ideas. All of the things come to me so clearly in those moments. And it was this like blanket that came over me of, I can do this. Like, I can do this on my own. I can do this independently. And I can create like an amazing life for myself without anyone else. I stepped out of that room and a man came up to me my now brother-in-law, and he said, and I'd known him for almost a year at that time, and he said, I want to set you up with someone. And I said, who? And he's like, I'm not telling you. And he sent an email, and he set me up with my now husband, Adam, who's like just my everything, my rock, my everything. And it was that moment that I 
really truly remember this moment so vividly where I stepped into like this being that was more than what I was that day and I had been ever in my life of I can achieve more, I can do more, I can be more. And all of these things came into my life. And it also is the same year that we opened our most ever Wax On franchises to date until today. Wow. Yeah. I know. Wow. And so do you think, do you think that your brother-in-law was not your brother-in-law at the time? I mean, I guess we just don't know, but do you imagine he would have come up to you and said that if you had not had that experience of the wash? No, I mean, as you believe and I believe, like it was the energy was that the I was energy. putting out there. Yeah. And he, and I had gone in, I had met with my husband, like he worked for their, their company. I went in and met with their entire business because we were building a franchise business. They had one. And... That nothing came of that. Nothing came of that. And it was just the energy. Like, I really think that when we level up and we mm -hmm. step into the version of ourselves that we believe we can be, mm -hmm. and it, it's a stretch. Like, it's not, you know, believe you can be tomorrow, but like really just step into these better versions of, of what we believe we could achieve and stretch ourselves. We can attract so many amazing things and we can attract abundance into our lives. And so some of the abundance has been multiple locations. So you go from one location to many locations. You now have 16. And I also know for you, you're very passionate about the people that work at Wax On. Because as we know, in, in that space, it can be transient. People can be treated, you know, in a variety of ways. So what is your mission and your commitment when it comes to the people that work at Wax On? I mean, across the board, our purpose at Wax On is to create a safe space that inspires you to live more confidently in your own skin. And that is our people that work at our locations. That's our franchise partners and our HQ team, and that's the people that come into Wax On. And so for our people who work at Wax On, like culture has been number one since day one for me because aesthetics is a catty environment. It's known yes. to be the second I came in, highest turnover business. It has such a negative connotation that's associated with just the industry. And unfortunately, it's associated with women because it's a women-dominated industry. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to change that. So from day one, I was doing things differently. Mm -hmm. And our culture is built on a number of core values, but they include respect. They include team. They include fun. And we just really, really take it so seriously in ensuring that we create this safe space we, you know, are honor diversity and inclusion and equity within our business and want to see our women succeed and build their careers in an industry that often was an hourly pay um, type business where you just kind of bopped around a bit and very high turnover. How do you scale culture? Like culture in one store is, one, uh, you know, one store is one thing. Mm -hmm. Culture in two, okay, maybe you can scale it to two, but culture to 16 is something else. I think culture, and I truly believe that culture is what happens when you're not around, right? Yes. Like in your business, yes. it's what everyone's doing when you're not there. Yes. 
And that's what good culture is. If you can maintain your culture when you're not even there. And that's what I kept in my mind when we were creating all these locations because I can't be in every location at once. It also comes down to the first two people you hire in your business. Mm. They set the tone for the culture that is going to continue throughout the lifespan of your business. And my first two people, one of which was with Mm -hmm. me last night at the event that we were at, Lacey and Amy still work for me today. How many years has that been? That's 11 years. That's 11 years. Mm -hmm. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so we have made it our mission and our purpose really to ensure that no matter how we grow, we will not grow at the sacrifice of our culture. Okay. And if that ever shifts, we slow down. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when I went to one of the wax on locations, I don't tell people like, oh, I know Lexi. And <laughs> so many people do. So, <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I went in because there's one close to my house. And I would ask, I, I uh, you know, look, if I'm going to meet you, I'm going to ask you about your goals. And so I will ask people about their goals or how long they've been there. Do they like it? And it was always interesting to me that people have been there for years. Years. For years. Yeah. Because it is a high turnover, usually, except in your situation. And if anything, I've been at this location for this long, but I was at another location before, and then this was closer. I wanted more hours, so they brought me to this location. The other thing that um, does not happen at your in your stores are um, complaining, as you said. So you've really set the culture. So sometimes when you go in and you're on the table, mm-hmm. people just start complaining about stuff. Not necessarily about the job, yeah. but just stuff in general. It's not that at all. It's a really positive attitude. And and they want to be there. Yeah, They really want to yeah. be there. That's- it's the greatest compliment. It truly is. It's what I care about the most yeah. um, of any part of our business. It's what I should care about the most. We're in the service industry. And yes. I always thought it was so interesting that others hadn't caught on to the fact that these people are providing the services to our clients. If they are happy in their jobs, they will provide a better service. And it's so basic uh, to me and to, to wax onto our business, but it is so challenging for a lot of businesses to understand and actually deliver on. And we take that to heart. I message everyone on their birthday, a happy birthday message in our entire company. And I will always do that. It's like the little things that make the difference and knowing people's names. When you go in a location, just complimenting them on the amazing performance that they've had the week prior. They know you're looking and you're watching because I am. But so was this always in you or did was this like leadership 101, like you learned this somewhere? It was really in me. And that's, yeah. you know, you've said this before. A lot of times we don't know our su- superpowers yes. because they're just part of us. And this was something that really just from day one came intuitively to me. It just added up. It was like one plus one equals two. It just really made sense to how and what was going to be the secret sauce of our business. And it truly is. It's an intangible piece of our business that no one can compete with because you can't replicate that. No, you can't. And that's the thing. That is the thing. People can build the exact same model and have like your some of your systems and your processes, but the heart 
that heart. piece of it you cannot replicate. So, so okay, you've got this business. It is going. You felt pulled to do it. You're doing. You're doing it. And then it's 2020. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. It's March. <laughs> and Or, I just had a baby. And you just had your second baby. I know. My babies come with... Yeah, things <laughs> they, they come just, at interesting yeah, times. Yeah, they do. There's a lot happening. Tell me about what happened when you realized you were going to have to close all of your locations. Yeah, so I had a three day old, my God. second baby Clark, and fortunately, my husband was in the food service business, and so they were a lot more ahead than we were in terms of what was coming, and had been preparing really for it. And he sat me down and he said, you know, you got to call your teams. You, you're going to have to close down. Like we've got, you're going to have to do this. You've got to have a conversation. And I called two of our members of our leadership team and I was, you know, three days in, it's like my milk's coming in. Like it was just yeah. a time. And I love how I've talked about my boobs more than anything <laughs> on this podcast today. <laughs> and how old is Piper at this and time And Piper too? is 20 months old. Wow. Yes. And we sit down and I call them and say, like, we've got to close our, all of our locations. It's not safe any longer. I don't know how I'm going to, like, what we're doing, what we need to do. Okay, hold on, hold on. I have to take you back. As a leader, what was it like? Like, what was your internal talk before you made that call, before you had to tell them this? I didn't, I just didn't want to break down. Yeah. I did, and I did, I did, because I was so emotional about all the people that were going to be unemployed. Because how many locations did you have at that point? I had 12. 12 locations. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know, I didn't know anything, nor did anyone. But I also, to my leaders, like, I didn't know how I was going to pay them. Because again, we had to close down and we we're a lean, lean machine, you know, we were just growing. And it was, they immediately said, we're, we're working, we're working for nothing. We'll figure this out in the future. We're here by your side. We will figure it out together. They were honestly almost giving me a pep talk, which I am like the most proud of because in a moment where I am supposed to be leading us through this unbelievably uncertain, you know, a million people, a bazillion called unprecedented time and our business, uh, they actually stepped up and I'll be forever grateful. That actually even makes me feel emotional mm. too, to think of, of what that must have meant to you. But you created that as well. You created that culture mm -hmm. where mm -hmm. they did step up. Now, I don't know about you, but for me, I thought the lockdown was going to be two weeks. Oh, 100%. In your industry, mm -hmm. it was hit the hardest and the longest. Mm -hmm. How long were you closed for? 322 days. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 322 days. And thank goodness I found you in the middle of that. <laughs> well, see, now this again is where it makes no sense. So this is just part of the story. I'm not plugging anything, people. But Lexi, joined, <laughs> Lexi joined my community during this time when it would have, stores are closed. It made no sense to then invest in this logically, but it was actually the perfect time to mm -hmm. invest 
in it to get through that. Would you say that that is one of the reasons you were able to get through it? Oh, absolutely. For me and for everyone who was closed, like we had this lack of control that was yes. so unusual especially as a business owner where you're used to just being able to make decisions and make moves. And in a small business, you could do whatever you want, really. And this lack of control was almost, you know, paralyzed you because you had no idea what you could do. And for me, having this connection with my team and feeling so responsible for them and them being out of work, yeah. being able to work with you and shift my perspective on how this pandemic could work for me and not against me was the greatest shift I think I've ever experienced and my team experienced. And from that, I put things into place and we had 90% of our team return to work after 322 days of being closed in an industry that had unbelievable turnover during yes. that time. That never reopened. And that not, never not reopened. That, so many places never got back to opening. Absolutely. And for the last eight months, I employed my entire leadership or my entire management team, about 10 people we brought on full time to work on the business, to work on franchising, to reset who we were and really our purpose. And some of the greatest work that we've ever done was during a time where we weren't even bringing in one dollar into the business because we were still closed. But it gave our team members that were out of work this confidence. And honestly, the culture that we came back to after being closed was the greatest we've ever experienced in Wax On. Wow. It was this vibe. It was like electric. It was unbelievable. Yes. Yes. And so what was the mindset shift that you think made the biggest difference for you? It was understanding this what I can and can't control piece. Yeah. And that what I can't control is actually working for me and not against me. And it was also the responsibility piece and what I am responsible for and what I'm not responsible for. Yes. And the things that I was responsible for, I took that and just put everything possible into it to make the most of a really, really unbelievably challenging time. You know, and, and also just the conversations, like, because there were times where you must have thought, okay, we are opening up. We're oh back opening up. It's like a yo-yo, literally. Yes. And then we weren't. So this is why I think mindset is so important because that's what's going to get you through that mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. is how you're thinking about it. And you said, I started to look at it as how is the how is this for me? So it's not happening to me. It's happening for me. So what were some of the gems that you discovered? What were some of the gifts that came out of that time? I mean, truly, it set the groundwork for the growth that we're experiencing today and the relationships that we built, both with our team members, but our franchise partners. Mm -hmm. It made me realize that just like we did with our culture and our team, that we could rewrite franchising. Like we can flip this around from being this male-dominated industry that has a bit of a bad rap to some extent behind it into this positive, uplifting opportunity for women to build the life of their dreams, to bet on themselves, to invest in themselves, to create wealth for themselves, independence, all of the things that I started to recognize was my true purpose. Oh, yeah. So that all came from that. Yeah, absolutely. And our relation, and it came from the relationships that we 
really built with our franchise partners that were stronger than anything during this time because yes. we were all closed together and not one of us knew what to do. I own six locations, wax on locations independently myself. And so I was alongside them. They were coming to me being like, how are you doing? You have six locations. I only have one or two. And we just built this bond and it helped to just lay the groundwork of what and reinvigorate really my passion around franchising and doing things differently to help promote women. What do you think the franchise opportunity affords women? I think it affords them the opportunity for someone who has just an inkling of doing something on their own. We provide support and structure around that, you know, just kind of thing that you want to do, but you don't know how to do it. And instead of feeling like you're jumping off the edge, you're almost jumping into like this amazing net that yeah. we're set, we're catching you and we're supporting you and we give you the tools and all of the, you know, training that you need to be successful in a system that you already know works. And so it's just letting women bet on themselves and take a leap and feel more supported in doing so and just creating that independence for themselves. And you've since had two more babies. <laughs> But twins. But, but twins. They are twins. They are twins. When were they born? How old are they now? They're 10 months. They're 10 months. So that is also something that has happened. And people look at you and they're like, okay, 16 locations, four children under the age of? So they were four under four. So now it's going to be five under four, but four in four years. Four in four years. Yeah. How does she do it? So how do you do it? First, and I think most importantly, I have a lot of help. Yes. I have first an amazing husband that's just a mutual like partner. We 50-50 everything. And then I have two nannies. Yeah. And I think it's really important to share that. And I share it openly because I want to also show other women that they can, you know, and should be able to get help and be open to receiving help in whatever way that might be. I have nannies, but carpooling, food sharing, like all of the ways that you can do to receive help. And secondly, is I truly believe, and, and this is a perfect example of it, because a lot of women will come up to me and they'll say exactly that. Yeah. And they'll say, I have two and I can't even handle it. Mm. I have one and I can't even handle it. And it truly goes to show, and it's linked exactly to the work that you do and you teach people that they are capable of. It's this up-leveling that you just can do and that you're capable of. And I believe, you know, me having the twins, and it was not an easy delivery, and there were a lot of challenges that came with that in itself. But my ability to show myself how much I was able to up-level and hit a brand new level. Because when I had two, I didn't think I could possibly, if you told me I was going to have twins, and then I was also going to go on in that same year to open six new Axon locations and have the best sales year we have ever had in our entire career, like the life of Waxon, I would never have believed you. But we have this ability to rise to this new level and hit a new level and if anything, this has really shone such a light on me realizing that I can do, you know, that next thing. 
if I can do this, I can do that, you know? It's just, it really just shows us what we're capable of, I think. And we've talked about this before. I think it is so important to be honest and transparent about things like having help. Otherwise, we are perpetuating this false narrative. And it feels like, oh, there's something so different about you that allows you to have this. And sometimes the help can look like you said, it could look like carpooling. It could look like um, an energy exchange with a neighbor. They watch your kids one night. This is what we did when the when the boys were little. Our neighbors would watch our kids one night. We would watch theirs, and then we would be able to go out on date nights. Mm-hmm. So you do what you can with where you are, and then you'll build on it and build on it. And you've got to be honest with yourself of the of the of the parts that you like and the parts that you want to exactly. let go of as well. You also don't have to be at anything at everything. Like people ask me how I do it all or how I do it and I'm like cuz I don't there's a lot I don't do. It's because there's a lot that I don't do that I can do this. And I think that's really important for women to hear because you've got to enlarge your capacity to receive help. Absolutely. We have this almost shame attached to not doing it all. Yeah. And it doesn't need to be there. And the more we can share that we receive help in whatever way it is, the more we can lessen that because the men in our lives don't feel the same way. But it's this stereotype that comes with that because, you know, for me, I was raised with a stay-at-home mom who did everything. And I, li- I was brought up in a traditional household, and that's what I knew. So I knew what she did, mm-hmm. my mom, and how amazing she was with the notes and the lunch boxes and all of the oh things. Oh my gosh, notes and lunch boxes. Oh my boxes? gosh, yeah, oh, it was Lord. just like to and the <laughs> meal on the table and oh, yeah. you know all of it. And probably you know, and what's so beautiful is that you know for her. Like that was perhaps her desire and she loved it and she loved the notes in the lunchboxes. So for you, that could be what you love Mm -hmm. and you love to do that. So you should do that. Like you should do what you love and not judge if you don't love it or if you would love to do something different. Yeah. And I think the other thing that we need to get used to and I have gotten used to is I really compartmentalize my life. And so it's almost like I have different versions of myself and I set boundaries and I tell my team my boundaries Mm. and say, you know, at five o'clock till around eight o'clock, I am offline. If you absolutely need me, here's how you can reach me. But this is my family time. And I try and Adam and I try to hold each other accountable to putting our phones away and turning them over and just being present with our kids during those times. And then there's times, though, that I'm going to be out and I'm going to miss things because I have an event like last night. Yes. And that's okay. And I just think we need to stop beating ourselves up about those things yes. and really just take the times that we want to take and be so present during those times. And I know that my daughters and my sons are going to look at me and know that I was always there they will never feel like they had a void in their life. Mm -hmm. And they will also be proud of me for the career that I built and how inspirational I can be for them watching me go to events that was like the one that we just went to that is all around women, inspiring women and supporting each other. Those types of things are the things that I believe my kids are going to remember and that I put out there that I want to be known for when they think back to their childhood. And how powerful as a leader for you to share that with your team because you're giving them permission as well. 
so important. And I used to not do this. I used to not take vacations. I used to show them that I was working countlessly throughout the day and night, all hours. And it was a bad example. And yes. now I purposely block out vacations. But why do you vacations. think you did that? Because I think I had to prove to them that I was the leader that could lead them and that I needed to put in the hours more than they did because they're working so hard for me. So now I have to work so hard for them. But it's yes. this vicious cycle. Yes. Yeah, so you felt guilty. Absolutely. There would be guilt. And so you had to show how busy you were and that you were also really working a lot too. Wow, what a relief it must have been to let that go. And in doing so, I actually gave them a gift. It yes. was the same in taking time off after the twins were born. It was actually allowing others to step up into new positions yes. in taking on more ownership of areas of the business that they didn't have a chance to. Whereas I felt guilty. I can't leave. Oh my gosh, like what's going to happen if I'm gone for, you know, it ended up not being that long, but I really did let them have the opportunity to rise to a new level. And they were so grateful for that opportunity. And so you talked about stepping up. You talked about next level. What is the next level for you, for you Lexi? Interestingly enough, I just met with my team yesterday and the slide read Wax On, Welcome to Wax On 2.0. Okay. I <laughs> and love it's, it. I mean, it's truly Wax On World Domination. Yeah. We are opening six new locations this year, 10 next year, plan to double down the next year following that and leaning into this new venture, which is LMC Brands Inc. Yeah. And that is just fundamentally grounded in supporting other women and other female business owners in being able to achieve whatever it is their next level is. So LMC Brand Inc., Lexi Miles oh. Corin Brand Inc. You shared a little bit about it, about what you want it to do. Can you share anything more about the vision and what we can expect to see from LMC Branding? I mean, ultimately, my goal, and I shared this with you the first time I met you, actually, and I will do that to you, <laughs> is I want to support women who are building businesses financially mm -hmm. so that they can go through positive investment experiences and be able to build their business and own still large portions of their business yes. to create that wealth and experience for themselves yeah. as they scale. Yeah. So that's ultimately the goal with LMC Brands Inc. And to get there is continuing to do lots of these types of things yes. and just getting out there more and uh, ultimately inspiring more women to take chances on themselves and reach their next, next level, whatever that might be. And if it's a Wax On franchise, we're here. <laughs> and how do they find you? Um, Instagram's a great spot. Yeah. I love sharing my life on Instagram. So yeah. at Wax On Lexi or at Wax On as well. And then check out our website, waxon.ca. And yeah, follow along. And our We Go There podcast, we share so many amazing things yes. that women and people want to know more about but are maybe too shy to ask. And we bring on experts to talk about those things. Uh, Lexi, I could talk to you forever because I still have many, many more questions, but I know that we're running out of space on the, on the, on the they're like the memory is a running out of space. How I, so I want to ask you this last question. What are some of your non-negotiables? 
So my non-negotiables, my main major non-negotiable is my evening time with my family. Mm -hmm. That's major. Exercise. Yes. Every day, my 6 a.m. calls. I rarely miss those. You rarely miss them. So we do 6 a.m. calls. We've done them for years. Throughout all the babies, uh, you've pretty much been there. Mm -hmm. And then my last one's date night. I think it's really important for you to continue. And my parents were the greatest example of this. They have a tremendous relationship to date is to get that time one-on-one. And my priority first is my relationship with my husband because if I can create an amazing relationship and foster that love for my children to see, they're only going to welcome that type of love into their life. What a great example you are, Lexi, of what is possible. You know, I often said that when we step into what we feel pulled to, which you clearly did in Arizona, you felt that pull, you couldn't deny it. Mm -hmm. And when we honor that and we listen to the whispers or the nudges, and then we lean into it, we are someone's possibility. So you, somebody's listening to this right now and you've given them something to hold on to and be like, okay, I'm not going to ignore that anymore. I'm going to go for it. Or, okay, I see a way. A franchise could be a way. Or, okay, there is another, I'm not just trapped in this situation. I could get help. I could receive help. So you are someone's possibility every time that you show up in the way that you do. Thank you so much. Thank you, Lexi. And thank you for joining us. And you know what to do. Rate, review, download, subscribe, jump over as fast as you can to Instagram and follow Lexi. She's absolutely incredible and will inspire you to reach for your next level and step into what you truly, truly want to do. We'll see you here next time. 